So open your Bibles, if you would, to Proverbs 29 and verse 18. Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, or keepeth the word, happy is he. One translation says, Without a vision, people run wild and have no restraint without a vision. We can see that in our culture today. There's a lot of people running wild without purpose. Still another translation says, If people can't see what God is doing, now He is up to something in our lives. Amen. He is doing something in you because He desires to do something through you. But if we don't know what He is up to, if we don't know what He is doing, the rest of the verse says, we will stumble all over ourselves. It is not the will of God for us to stumble through life. It is His plan for us to run with patience the race that is set before us, with purpose, with strength, with perseverance, and with the anointing upon us. Amen. But as we attend to what He has revealed, in other words, once you know what He's up to, as we attend to what He has revealed, we are most blessed. Vision is seeing the invisible and making it visible. If we can see the invisible, we can do the impossible. The man with the largest church in the world said this many years ago, show me your vision and I will show you your future. How is it that I know that my dream and my vision is from God? Well, number one, if your dream or vision captures your imagination and inspires you and motivates you, then it's most likely from God. Number two, if it seems impossible and you're unable to fulfill it on your own, then it's likely a vision from God. Gloria Copeland said this, God has never given us anything that's possible to do. Number three, if it seems as though it will never come to pass, but you're unwilling to give up on it, most likely it's from heaven. And number four, if not everybody is as enthusiastic about your vision as you are, it's probably God. Number five, if you've experienced resistance, setbacks, difficulty, and disappointments, and sometimes frustration over what it is, it's probably a dream from God. And if it consumes your thinking, where it gets bigger and bigger in your heart every day, bank on it, it's God. And then lastly, if it defines and shapes your life, then it's most likely a vision from God. Here's what I know about vision. Visions are valuable. I know this for sure, 
that a vision from God can give all of us guidance and focus. Anytime that God puts a vision in a church's heart, or God puts a vision in your heart, whether it be individually or corporately, it will always have to do with helping people. As a church, it will always have to do with rescuing people. You see, God uses vision to bring clarity, to bring unity, and to harness our potential as the family of God in the local church. And I want to spend just a few moments today talking about vision. I want to take the word vision, and each letter represents a very important principle, V. Vision reveals what is valuable and significant to you. And what is valuable and significant to this church. We value people at Heart of the Bay. Because God loves people. And people matter to God. And therefore they matter to us. I want and I have a passion for everyone that walks through these doors at Heart of the Bay. I want people to know God. Not just know about God, but to know Him and the power of His resurrection. To know Him intimately, to know Him deeply, to know that He is a friend, oh glory, that sticks closer than a brother. To know Him and the power of His resurrection. We value worship in this church. We value family. Reaching the lost, prayer, serving, community. You know, you take the vision of Heart of the Bay and it's summed up in three letters. R-H-M. Reaching and healing and maturing. In John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, I want you to read this with me. Ready? Read. For God so loved the world. Verse 17. Sounds good, right? How many of you know that it's harvest time? We're not going to say it's four months or two years or three years till the glory is here. The glory is here. The fresh wave is here. It's not something we're striving for. Folks, You walk outside these walls, the fields are white. It's harvest time. They're just waiting to be picked. Oswald Sanders said this, The church that does not evangelize will fossilize. Well, we're not a bunch of old fossils in this church. We are ambassadors. And every one of us have the call to do the work of evangelists. That does not mean that you'll hit the streets or you go door to door. But in the marketplace, in your life, there's someone that needs to hear about Jesus. And there's someone that needs to see Jesus in you and through you. We're about reaching the lost. We're about healing the hurting. We not only want people to know God, 
But we desire with a deep passion for people to find freedom. To find freedom. Freedom from what? Take your pick. Freedom from sickness. Freedom from addictions. Freedom from unforgiveness. Freedom from lust. Freedom from sin. Freedom from grief. That's why we're going to start up a wonderful support group called Grief Share. Because there's people in our congregation that are battling grief. But I believe with my heart and say with my mouth that there is freedom from grief. There's freedom from alcoholism. There's freedom in its multiplied forms. We are here to see that believers come to maturity. And the number one way that I know that we can all grow is we can grow through the Word of God. Say it with me. Freedom Freedom. comes on the wings of truth. You think about the Word. The Word of God is the pathway to discipleship and it is the pathway to maturity. Look at John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. Then said Jesus to the Jews, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Amen. It's not just hearing the word once, but it's staying in the word. Amen. And that's what we endeavor to do here for the last 36 years, to give you the word. Accompanied by the freedom of the Holy Spirit. But there's got to be a stain with it. And then in verse 32, here is the pathway to, to freedom and to liberty. And you shall know the truth. Can somebody help me out with what the truth will do? The truth shall make you free. Let me ask you a question today. Has anyone in this house experienced freedom from the truth? That's three or four of you. Well, I guess we got some work to do. (laughs) Let me ask that one more time. Has anyone in this house ever experienced freedom from God's Word in an area of your life? God's Word. God's Word. God's Word. It's the key to answered prayer. The master said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. God's word is the pathway to healing. Psalms 107.20 says, he sent his word and what did he do? He healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Thank God. God's word is a guide to us in a dark place. The psalmist said in Psalm 119, 105, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. His word is what strengthens us. His word is what gives us an inheritance which builds us up. It's food for your faith. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's essential for spiritual growth. As newborn babes, we are to desire the sincere milk of the Word that we may grow thereby. But how many of you know the Word of God is also our sword? 
in a time of spiritual battle, we are to take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of the living God, the rhema of God, the spoken word. And we are to take the enemies of our soul, the enemies of our lives, and put them on the run. God's word. In 2 Timothy, I want you to look at this one. In 2 Timothy 3, and verse 16, and in verse 17, here's what God's Word does for us. It says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Read verse 17. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now don't let that word perfect throw you. That word perfect means mature. And so the word of God furnishes you and I unto every good work. Now listen. When we mature and grow, His plan and His purpose for our lives become clear. And not only do we want you to know God and find freedom, but I want everybody in this house to discover their purpose. And that's what Growth Track is all about. That's why Pastor Nancy on March 24th in the 11 a.m. hour is going to be going through some things that will help you to discover your design, to help you to discover what's on the inside of you. Because quite frankly, you have a supply, you have a gift, and you're called to bring it. Look at your neighbor and say, bring it, would you? Keith Hershey's coming. He's going to lay hands on everyone that is currently serving in this church. The spirit of impartation and the deposits that are on the inside of Brenda and myself and others. His hands are laid upon you. I believe that during the dream team, people will be able to discover their gifts, but also enable you to make an impact in your world. Good preaching, Pastor Mark. Keep it up. Glory. We are people of impact. We are those that have come to turn the world upside down. An impact where you live and an impact in this church. You have a supply. I want you to see that. You have a supply. All have a call to bring their supply into the house of the Lord and to serve the Lord with gladness. But can we be honest about it? To serve the Lord with gladness takes some stirring up on our part. I think sometimes if we were honest about it, we'd just say, wow, it seems as if that I've lost the joy of serving. I mean, I had it 10 years ago. But today, it just sort of seems like I'm going through the motions. Anybody ever been there? Thank you for those two honest people. Well, you're going to find freedom eventually. 
Listen to this statement that I heard the other day. It will change your life. If you've lost the joy of serving, here's a major key to getting it back. When you begin once again to rejoice in the God who called you, you will begin once again to rejoice in what your God has called you to do. If you have a deficit in rejoicing in what God has called you to do, start rejoicing. Start getting happy in the God who called you. He called you out of darkness. He put breath in your lungs. He put coffee in your pot. Come on, somebody. He put biscuits and bacon in your oven. You serve a good God. He's called you. <laughs> so, it wouldn't hurt on those Monday mornings to do this. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm rejoicing in the God who called me. He counted you faithful to be alive. On March 10th, 2019, we could have died years ago. We could have been in hell decades ago. But he knows your name. And he calls you by his name. Whew. I think we ought to take a praise break. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So don't let a tired body or a fatigued spirit keep you out of the joy of the Lord. You know what to do about a tired body. Go to bed. Just wait till you get home. You know what to do about a fatigued spirit. Hey, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So you will then, as you do this, you will not only serve the Lord with gladness in a renewed sense, but you will also serve Him with a spirit of excellence. One of our core values here at Heart of the Bay is this. We believe that excellence honors God and it inspires people. God is not getting my second best today. My best may not be as good as someone else, but it's my best under God. And I'm not going to give you half rations on Sunday morning. I'm not going to do it. I may come in tired, but I tell you what, I don't leave tired. I leave on fire, enthused and inspired. And if that is good for the goose, it's good for the gander. That means, excellence means this, that you do the very best with what God has given you. 
the very best with the abilities that He's given you. Nothing less is acceptable in this kingdom. We're not talking about perfection. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. And as marvelous as my wife is, she's almost perfect. Excellence means doing the best with the ability that He's given you. Have you ever felt in your life, oh man, I could have done better? I could have done better. I should have done better. Don't let that drag you down. Just do better. What do you say we go up from one degree of glory to the next? Folks, you have a place, you have a supply in this church. God expects you to do your very best. That means showing up on time. That means not texting while you're serving. Oh my. See, sometimes people have the idea, well, I'm a volunteer, I'm not getting paid, so you know. I mean, this is just for God. No, because it's for God, we should be putting our best. Come on, somebody. Our best foot forward. Put your hand over your heart and say, So it be it unto me, Lord Jesus. I stands for investment. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You see, what we value in as people and what we value in as a church, we invest in it. We invest of our time, our talents, our treasures. We have prayer meetings. We sow finances, not only into the community, but around the world. Yes, we have needs here, but we do not let our needs keep us from being a blessing elsewhere. Come on, somebody. Down in Southern California, they have a pet store where people are lined up to buy gourmet desserts for their pets. I mean, the kind of dessert you'd get at Cheesecake Factory. One lady left her dog $12 million. That's warped. But you and I, we're investing in the thing that is nearest to God's heart. Reaching precious souls. Healing the hurting. People finding freedom. People making an impact is precious. What do you say? That we invest greater and we invest our very best for His cause. And S has to do with speech. Everyone say speech. So here's what vision does. Vision gives us a common language. In 1 Corinthians 1.10, it says that there be, we should say the same thing and that there be no divisions among us that we may be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Listen carefully. Unity has a lot to do with your words. 
unified speech brings and reveals that we are in sync with one another. And you know what it does? It releases the power of God. So when we put out documents about saying the same thing and praying the same thing and praying the vision, we're not just wasting time. We are a company of believers in agreement. In Genesis chapter 11, let me go over this real quickly. It says this in verse 1. It says, And the whole earth was with one language and of one speech. They were saying the same thing. And they said, Let's go build us a city and a tower. Let it reach to heaven. And let's make us a name, lest we be scattered around the whole earth. Verse 5. And the Lord came down to see what was going on. And in verse 6, He said, Behold, the people is one. And they all have one language. And this they began to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. This is God's own testimony. And in verse 7, He says, We better go down and confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them all around, around the whole face of the earth, and they left off to build. Never underestimate the power of unified speech. If this could group work for a group of heathens, and it would have if the Lord hadn't scattered them, How much more can a group of Christ followers accomplish if they'll align their words and their speech with God's vision for the house? Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, there's power in God's Word. In Proverbs 18 and 21, it says, The death and life... Where is is death and life? Let's read it together. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. What this is saying is this. The words that we choose to speak as a habit of life will determine the fruit eventually produced in our life. Everyone say this with me. My words are seeds. And here's what our words do. Our words fall into the soil of our heart that will eventually grow and produce a harvest. The question I have for you this morning is this. What seeds are you planting? What are you saying about your body? What are you saying about your finances? That is why that we've asked you to write the vision. So we can be in harmony and be in agreement and make faith declarations over what we want to give, over what we want to pay off, and over what the desires of our heart are. When you take that and you speak faith-filled words over this, it's only a question of time before your harvest comes. It's only a question of time before you get some major mark-offs on your vision list. Brenda and I were talking about this the other day in our home. We've already got one major mark off on our list and it's not even Vision Sunday yet. (laughs) Folks, get a vision. (laughs) We're planting seeds all the time. So base what you say 
in your life on what he said already. He said he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Now you and I can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying as a church family, when our speech begins to align with God's word, with the vision of the house, thank God, wonderful things will happen. The next letter is I. Everyone say inspiration. When we value and talk about the vision enthusiastically, it's going to inspire people. I tell you what, I get inspired by some of the testimonies I hear in this church. You know what inspires me? I get inspired in the month of August when I see hundreds of people lined up on Asperian Boulevard in our backpack outreach coming to receive a free gift from a community of faith here at Heart of the Bay. It inspires me to see the children and it inspires me to see their parents getting bags of groceries and getting their physical needs met. But I tell you what inspires me even more when I hear and get the report from Brother Tony that over a hundred people get born again and saved on our parking lot that day. That inspires me. It inspires me when I hear reports of people that had a disease in their body and when hands were laid upon them corporately like it just happened this morning that the disease is gone. When you get some mark-offs on your vision list, let us know because I'm going to do a celebration time where everybody can celebrate God's goodness. Vision ought to inspire us. I can remember one day Brother Hagin was preaching in the healing school and a couple guys just had an overdose of Mexican food and they were asleep like some of you are right now. And that's all right. We love you. Just keep coming back. Sooner or later, it's going to register. But he saw that they were sleeping. He was sharing some real important things. He went up to one of them, kicked him in the leg and says, Get excited, boys. That's what I feel like today. Get inspired, saints. God's on the move. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. The truth is, folks, we are a part of something much bigger than ourselves. He's called us co-laborers with Him in the greatest show on earth. <laughs> the greatest thing that this universe has ever seen or ever will see, we're co-laborers. It's inspiring to me that he came as in, in a virgin, Mary. It was inspiring to me when I saw him going about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. It inspired me when he set the captives free. It inspires me when I look at Calvary, but then three days later, I'm fully inspired by the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And he's part, he is inviting us to participate with him through our giving, through our praying, through our serving. I believe that he's worthy of our sacrifice. Listen to this statement. Once you catch the vision of what Christ has done and the incalculable value 
that God puts on a single human being, it will inspire you to action. How many of you have ever seen Schindler's List before? Raise your hand. A handful of you have. But Schindler's List was based on a true story. Oscar Schindler saved over a thousand mostly Polish Jewish immigrants from the Holocaust by employing them in his factories. At the end of the movie, there's a very poignant and quite provocative scene when he is surrounded by all those Jews' lives that he saved. And suddenly he breaks out in tears. Suddenly he says, Oh, I wish I could have done more. I didn't do enough. I wish I had more time. I wish I had done more. And they brought comfort to him, saying, You did what you could do. But that is amazing, especially moving, when we think of, in terms, what God's called us to do. Could we do more? Could we give more? Could we get off the sidelines? Could we just get serious about God? Oh, man. Jesus said, work while it is day. Because nighttime's coming. We got a short window here. Let's work. Let's give it our all. And then in closing, the last two are O-N. And basically, it deals with two thoughts. Number one, We must be on target. Vision keeps focus in our lives. I can't tell you about the number of times people have come up with some really good ideas for the church, but when I checked on the inside, it wasn't a God idea for this church. And I respect people's suggestions and I respect people's ideas, but at the end of the day, I've got to obey God. And I'm a guardian of the vision here. And I can't just go off the rails and do anything and everything that people want to do. Because a lot of churches have become the jack of all trades, but the master of none. It's like a business. A business may have a product, for example, that is just selling millions and millions and millions of dollars, one product. And then they get advice from some so-called guru. And the guru tells them, you've got to add this, that, and that, and the other product. So the next thing you know, they've got 25 products, and 24 of them aren't leaving the shelves. Because they left the main thing. God has got a main thing. He might have a one thing. And we need to be faithful to steward the vision that God has given us. And to stay on target. There's always a million good things you could do. But vision keeps the main thing central and the main thing unfocused. Then lastly, O-N stands for on fire. Everyone say on fire. On target? And on what? Look at Revelation chapter 3. And notice with me in verse 15 and verse 16. Revelation 3. 15 and 16. I know your works, that you are neither cold or hot. I would that you, what? 
Next verse. So then, because you are lukewarm and you're not cold or hot. Now God said this. I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. This is saying God wants us to be passionate. Cold is better than lukewarm. A cold person's a cold person, at least they know that he's far from God. And at least a cold person is honest about it. But lukewarm people, they just go through the motions. So many of God's people who were born in the fire and got filled with the Holy Spirit and fire have lost the fire. Some people have lost their fire. Why? Maybe they've gotten away from the on-fire crowd. And they're just hanging out with a bunch of old dead coals. I'm not pointing any fingers now. But God wants us to be on fire. On fire. Here's what Romans 12, 11 says this. See, vision is a picture of the future that produces passion. The definition of passion is a strong feeling of enthusiasm or excitement for something and for someone. In Revelation 12, 11, well, I, I meant uh, Romans 12, 11, but that'll work. You got to take the blood and plead it over your life. Amen. Romans 12, 11. Praise the Lord. Are you getting anything out of this today? I believe you're being challenged. Hallelujah. Not slothful in business. Fervent in spirit. Doing what? Let's bring, bring it up in the Amplified. It's good there. I believe this is, this is us. This is us here at Camp Heart of the Bay. Romans 12, 11 in the Amplified. Praise the Lord. Read it with me. Never lag in zeal and be in earnest endeavor. Be aglow. Now, if your fire has gone out, don't be condemned. Don't get under a cloud of condemnation. Do something about it. I have to do what I'm about to share with you all the time. Years ago when the joy movement hit the body of Christ real strong, Brother Copeland really wasn't feeling it. And he just couldn't seem to jump in the river. And the Lord showed him, Son, you got to stir yourself up. And how many of you know to stir yourself up, you've got to do it by faith. Notice with me in the book of 2 Timothy. And we're going to look at that in the Amplified Version. 2 Timothy 1 verse 6. Read it with me. That is why I would remind you to stir up, rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, and keep burning. The gracious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you by means of the laying out of my hands, 
with those of the elders of your ordination. Just keep that right up here right now. Notice with me, we all need to be reminded of this. From pastor to the pew, no matter what your call is, no matter how long you've been a Christian, we all need to be reminded to stir up the grace gift that's on the inside of us. And it tells us to fan the flame so we can keep burning. I believe that all of us have a torch that we're running with. And I want to run, so run with my torch lit until Jesus returns. It's the will of God for us to burn on and not burn out. Let's pray right now. Put your hand over your heart and say, Lord God, I thank you for the vision of this house. Our strong desire is everyone who comes into this house would know God and that they would find true freedom. May everyone discover their purpose. And all of us, help us, Holy Spirit, to make an impact in this world, in our communities, everywhere we go. And Lord, I choose to stay stirred up. I choose to stay prayed up. To stay in the Word and to stay at my post. I refuse to be lukewarm or to coast. This morning, I stir up the gift. I want you to spend about 60 seconds right now just praying. Glory to God. Just praying. Praying in the Spirit. Or praising. Prayer and praise. Glory to God. Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Shout it with me. I'm declaring every need met in this house. We are declaring every chair full. This place filled with the spirit of faith and the spirit of glory. We declare we have more than enough people bringing their supply into this house. And we glorify you today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen.